Hello everybody, welcome to the Dharma Toolkit Daily with me, Chandra Dasa. Day three of the coronavirus shutdown, lockdown, whatever it's called where you live. Hope you're doing well. We are here to bring you the voices of people across the Triratna Buddhist community who are in a similar situation to you, wondering what to make of life with so much changed. All changed, changed utterly, as Yates used to say. And we're delighted to have a fresh conversation for you to improve your Tuesday, we hope. And I'm very happy to be welcoming a new team member to the podcast crew for the duration, uh, my friend Dasani, who is a member of the team here at the Buddha Centre Online, Free Buddha Studio, and who's a bit of a dab hand at podcasts. She's been helping us do them on and off for years. So welcome, Dasani. Oh, hey, thanks, Chandra Dasa. Yeah, it's lovely to join you this evening. Well, evening time for me in Scotland. Before we go any further, Dasani, I hate to do this to you on air, but happy birthday to you. I would sing happy birthday to you, but the public don't need that. Things are bad enough. So I'll just limit myself to saying happy birthday. It's wonderful you're in the world. And it's amazing that you're helping us out on your birthday. Oh, hey, it's absolutely my pleasure. Yes, I happen to be 49 today. And I don't mind you saying that because I know that you're going to be 49 in about eight days time. <laughs> you do realise I can edit this afterwards, right? Executive privilege. Anyway, you're calling from Scotland. And as people have probably noticed, have listened to episodes one and two. Scotland is one of the places that we can call on for guests, early guests in this podcast. And today we have an all Scottish affair because we're welcoming another good friend who I think you're going to introduce, Dasni. Yeah, thanks. We're really fortunate today to be having a conversation with Dana Badri, who lives in Lanarkshire. Hi, Dana Badri. Hi. So listen, thanks very much for joining us. And Dana Badri is a great person to be having a conversation with about the COVID-19 situation and practicing as a Buddhist. Because Dana Badri, your background is uh, as a scientist and your career was in the blood banks in Scotland. Before we get onto your Buddhist background, tell us a wee bit about your professional background. I joined the blood transfusion service in 1966, straight from university. And in these days, we didn't know that hepatitis, which is a big issue nowadays, was a virus. We thought it might be a virus, but at that time, so little was known about viruses that viruses got the blame for anything we couldn't explain, basically. So there was this, well, it's probably a virus. And the information came gradually. You knew you had signed up for working in that kind of environment, which wasn't entirely safe. And you just kind of went for it. And I think the difference thinking about the present situation is that we all had our sort of way of coping with the fact that what was in the test tubes on the bench could potentially kill us. We had signed up for this and there was a compassionate element to it. We were there to help other people. And in a funny way, thinking about it now, I, I'd never realised this before. I think that it was like a suit of armour to us. That, that was what protected us from all the emotional stuff that would have come along with working with it. You just accepted that this was how you helped people and you took these risks. You took as few risks as possible, obviously, but that was how it went. There's something really interesting about that, isn't there? That it's like vocationally as a scientist, your work then seems to knit in seamlessly with your Buddhist practice. When did you come in contact with Sri Ratna, Dana Badri? 
1996, I came in to learn to meditate. I didn't want to have anything to do with Buddhism and I just stayed. Wow, so you'd been in that career for 30 years. Yes, I had. I'd been in the blood bank and I had been in a second unit which worked with human blood and animal blood, which multiplied the issue because we had bad cow disease to cope with as well. But as I say, the sort of mechanism you used is that you didn't take chances, but you didn't get sort of too scared of it. Some of it was having a black sense of humour, which was common among scientists, was just to kind of joke about it. And I think that helps. I have known people who got paralysed with fear from working there and generally left. If you couldn't get into the kind of space where you accepted, and we just took them on board, they were part of your daily life, was that these little creatures were there in the bottles and you had to avoid coming in contact with them. But at the same time, there was not any sort of horrified anxiety. So that's kind of perfect in the way, Dana Badri, for setting us up for the theme of our podcast today, which is, well, here we are trying to understand and get our head around this global situation, but also moving past this language of crisis, moving past a state of alarm internationally and trying to understand something a bit deeper about what's happening within the human condition as Buddhists and as human beings all over the world. We're being asked to go into retreat and a lot of us are very untrained in that as a human community so have you got any thoughts about that Chandradasa in terms of moving beyond this idea of quarantine into a sense of yeah the wider meaning of how we're being asked to live right now very interesting to hear you talk, Dana Badri, about the little creatures in the glass jars on the bench. I think one of the reasons I was interested in this conversation about moving past the clinical language in a way of quarantine, self-isolation, was just a lot of our experience when you move past fear seems to be opening up into a space of interconnectedness. And I was talking to a friend in New York City this morning, and she was just reflecting on in a way, how good some of us have it, even in these kind of conditions. You know, we're very fortunate, we're quite privileged in a way, we're comfortable, we have enough. And one of her reflections was that a lot of people live with this kind of uncertainty all the time. And there's something really important about bearing that in mind. And also, we're interconnected with everybody. So I'm quite interested in sort of exploring that territory. Yeah, how do we work with the tendency to isolate in more ways than the clinical? you know, where we we see ourselves as separate and discreet from others. And what does interconnectedness and the fact that it's all a big flow of conditions, what does that open up into for us as we look at all of this experience? One of the favourite things I tend to look at is a line, you know, from horrified anxiety at one end to being just blasé and risk-taking at the other end and kind of work out where I personally stand on it. I was thinking one day, we really need to change our attitude towards this virus. It's not the monster from the deep in some horror film. It's something that's evolved on this planet the same way as we did. And in a way, while we've got to give it a bit of respect, because it's not something we want on board, I think we have to, in a way, keep it within our field of meta in that it's a part of this planet, which sustains us all. It sustains us, it sustains the virus. And if we can't reach out to it, we end up getting into quite a bad place mentally. That's what I do. I can kind of coexist with it. I don't want to be infected by it, thank you, but I accept that it's part of reality and I've got to look at it straight in the eye. Reality does include things which are far from pleasant and that's one of them. 
that's a great perspective, isn't it? That sort of vast ecology of life and evolved yeah. life on this planet. We are connected. We're interconnected with all of that. And it's not all from our perspective. There's something as well. You just really make me think about the teaching of the near and far enemies in the Brahmaviharas. When you say that, yeah. horrified anxiety at one end of the spectrum and a blase, it's not going to touch me on the other end, which could be the near enemy of cold indifference. I think it's quite easy to forget when we're trying to deal with potentially stressful situations in life that the models of the near and far enemies are such a reliable path in terms of how we might be reacting or responding creatively. What do you think about that? I use that sort of model, my own emotional response to things. Am I responding skillfully? Usually not. Then look at what my response is and dissect it, take it to bits as to what's going wrong. Why am I responding the way I am? You know, use fear, things like that. And often being blasé and the cold indifference. In a way, it's fear. You don't really want to open up to it. I've been thinking this afternoon and trying to sort of get myself in the right place. They're talking about if we all lock down and accept that our lives have been turned upside down, we will save lives. And that could be parallel to that sort of altruistic thread in my working life, but I'm not catching it yet. I feel there's an altruistic thread in there. that If I accept the inconvenience that this is going to cause and really stick with it as best I can, then lives will be saved. Not necessarily mine, but overall lives will be saved. I think there's something in that. It doesn't feel as direct as it did when I was working, but I'm sure I've just got to work on it a bit and I'll figure it out. Dana Badri, you're quite familiar during your career with the possibility that you would be asked to step into different crises situations. And you knew, I guess, that you had to get on with your work and also throw yourself into being available when the routine demands of your scientific discipline fell away from the routine into the extraordinary. So what's your experience with other emergencies and how did you just respond to that as a human? I just don't think of them as emergencies. <laughs> I didn't do actually a lot of emergency work. I worked mostly in quality assurance, but you just did it. It was just the background of your life. If you were needed, you went in. Dana Badri, when you see what's going on at the moment and you see the sort of coverage of the health service in the UK where you live, and yeah. what's your perspective on it as somebody who's kind of been around the block with all this? My heart really goes out to the folk up at the front end because I was never at the front end. I mean, I was never dealing with patients, you know, on the ward the way these folk are. In the labs, there's maybe nasties going about, but the situation is more controllable. My heart really goes out to these people. That poor consultant in Italy who was trying desperately and in vain to save people's lives. I really felt so sorry for her. So yeah, my take on it is that they will go in there without considering themselves heroes if it's the health service I left. But at the same time, it must really hurt when they lose so many of their patients. I find talking with you just so interesting because I've got a literary and artistic background. And actually, so have you because you're a musician and a painter and somebody who loves poetry. But I think you've got such a great mind training in precision and analysis. So I really love hearing your perspective on what it's like being somebody who's tied in with your family, your local community your Dharma community and all those decades of professional working life and all those years of being a mother and a grandmother and a colleague. What have you got coming up in the next few weeks? I know that you're in isolation with your husband, Ian. How are you going to be spending your time? 
I'm going to try and spend it as positively as possible. I've two schemes which I've been deluding myself that I would do for some years now. One is to paint my sadhana, which is Shakyamuni. But I have very much my own landscape for him, which is a very Scottish landscape. It's one of these things that will never come off the back burner if I don't do it. And the other one is I did a talk in Stirling about Buddhist women. And there's a whole lot of material I just didn't get near. And by great good fortune, I have failed to return the appropriate books to the Buddhist Centre Library. <laughs> They're here. So I'm hoping to do a bit of study in that direction. These are the two projects I'd like to get done. And I'm hoping to get things set up with the family so we can Skype each other and things. We have a family WhatsApp group and it's lovely to see the boys chipping at each other and just being their normal selves, and photographs and that, so to keep us in contact. And I'm just loving meeting all the, well, talking at a fair distance to all the other dog owners that are walking the park with me. <laughs> People I've seen for years and suddenly we're now exchanging greetings and talking to each other and it's over the barking, you know, it's lovely. That's my plans for the next 12 weeks. I can't do anything about the 12 weeks. It's happened. Use it as positively as possible. Thank you very much for carving out a bit of time to come and speak with Chandra Dasa and I and everybody at the Buddhist Centre Online that's tuning in to us. Yes, thank you very much, Dana Badri. It's really great to hear you and uh, to know your voice is going to go out to the whole community internationally who are going to tune into this and hear your experience. And thank you, folks. I've actually really enjoyed talking to the pair of you. So, yes, thanks very much to Dana Badri. Thanks very much to, to Dasney for joining me today. I'll be back tomorrow, in fact, every weekday with another episode of the Dharma Toolkit Daily. And uh, don't forget you can join us in the mornings slash afternoons slash evenings, wherever you are, for meditation. We have two meditations every weekday online. You can find the times at thebuddhacentre.com slash toolkit. You can also sign up for our newsletter there to get the best of what our community has to offer during this extraordinary time. And you can find out how to join the community toolkit and share your resources, connect with other people, help them stay connected. As we're all in this together, as Dana Badri said. So we look forward to seeing you again soon. <laughs>